Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When I feel afraid, I think I've lost my way. Still you're there right beside me. And nothing will I fear as long as you are near. Please be near me to the end. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Today we're continuing our study in Psalm 119, verses 105 through 112. And today we're going to look at the first two pairs. And if you remember, this is uh, section is arranged in a series of four couplets where 105 and 106 parallel with 111 and 112. And then the center section from 107, 108 is our section on the life's trials. And then 109, 110 is the second section on life's trials. And they both come at that at a different angle. So we're going to look at the first two, which is 105 through 108. And verses 105 and 106, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn, and I will confirm it, that I will keep your righteous ordinances. So this first pair is all about living the truth. The focus is on our feet. It tells us the reality that we're going to be walking through the darkness. We will have to walk at night. But the call is to is for us never to venture out without the light-giving word. Now, one reality that's really hard for us in the modern world to enter into is just how difficult, how dangerous it would be to do simple things like travel at night or work at night. You know, before the really the invention of the electric light bulb, doing anything at night would have, was very costly, very dangerous. And here we see that he's being forced to walk and to travel at night. Dangers all around. Dangers from pet predators and then dangers just from the nature of the path, being uncertain about where to step and tripping and falling. I love Spurgeon gives a, he says, here we see the importance of the word both personally, practically, and habitually. Personally, it's a lamp for my feet. My Practically, it's my feet. I need to walk. I have something, I, some place I need to go. And then habitually, it's a lamp for each step. You don't blast the light and then turn it off and try and move ahead. You use it every step of the way to see the way, 
and to see what lies ahead. So in a world with no fixed lights, no street lights, no light pollution, this is incredible promise. It's a promise in guidance, a promise for guidance in the acts of everyday life. But notice how the word as a light and a lamp leads to decision. It leads to determined resolution. That also can bring rest. You're not anxious about where you're stepping. 106. Now that he has the word, he can be firm in moving ahead. Notice the words, I have sworn, I will confirm, I will keep. He makes a resolution to go. He's not going to let the reality of the darkness and the insecurity and lack of surety stop him from moving forward. And then that moves into the next main or the next couplet, 107 and 108. I am exceedingly afflicted. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Oh, accept the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your ordinances. Do you notice how affliction follows commitment? He makes his resolve and then he starts moving, starts acting, starts walking. And then as soon as he does, trial hits, adversity hits, difficulty hits. I'm exceedingly afflicted. And isn't that how trials often come? They often come to those who are acting, who are responding, who are resolving, who are doing. You make your commitment to move, to act, to do, to change, and then comes resolve. Or then comes affliction. And you know, everyone's experienced this on both small and great scales. You know, make a commitment, a resolution. Think about all your New Year's resolutions. You make the commitment, you resolve to change, and then three days into the new behavior, you're already afflicted, tempted to quit, to turn around, to stop. So notice how he responds. Here's the prayer again, and I've been amazed how we've seen this over and over. The prayer is, revive me according to your word. Revive me. This is the best remedy for tribulation. This is the best medicine for affliction. This is the best encouragement to keep going, keep stepping, walk, revive me. Another triad that Spurgeon has that I love, he says, Here God promises, prepares, and provides. He promises life. He prepares it for us. Then he provides it to us when we call out to him. Revive me. But then notice what he's already done. He's asked the Lord to revive him, but that's in the context of verse 108 of worship. Accept the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your ordinances. Accept my worship, free will worship. This is above and beyond the twice daily sacrifices, morning and evening, and the regular weekly Sabbath sacrifices. He's going to worship. He's committed to worship. It's interesting to think about, why does he say accept? Why accept? Is he worried that during his time of affliction that he doesn't come to worship with his heart right? Is he worried that during this time of affliction he doesn't have the right words? I mean, you all know when you're experiencing affliction, often worship doesn't just spring spontaneously out of us. But here we see during life's trials the utter importance of worship. 
during life's difficulties, never withdraw from his people, never withdraw from his presence. And also, I think this is why liturgy is so important. The reason why we have liturgy is because you don't always come to worship with your heart in a position where you're just ready to freely and explosively lift it up to the Lord and joyfully. It's not always easy to worship. That's why we need the liturgy, because it sets in motion a train of thought and a train of praise that sometimes the best thing you can do is you just get on it. And it provides the word you need. It provides the structure you need to take you into his presence. And this is why community is so important. Because often you'll come and you need their faith. Your faith is weak. It's wobbly. And you need others around you to lift you up and to carry you into his presence. And then notice the second desire is teach me. Teach me. Trials can be such an incredible teacher. Don't waste them. We need light with our life. We need zeal and knowledge. Zeal without knowledge fades very quickly. So here we see the two key aspects of worship. Our hearts should be engaged and our minds enlightened and deepened. But here it offers a beautiful remedy for life's difficulties. We have living truth for our feet, and then we have powerful Communal praise during our times of affliction. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy 